you don't change organizations, you don't change systems by producing documents. This is the Intelligent Rebellion. Howdy, 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 folks. Welcome to the Intelligent Rebellion podcast. My name is Ria Mercado and I am your host. Oh my goodness, I have finally found them. The person who is in the room. Today, I speak with Hedier Vadat, who is a health systems polymath, a boundary expander, and a conversationalist. She is the managing director of Linear Projects, and along with her team, they have a unique opportunity to work with the people who can actually create change in our healthcare system. We chat about change management, strategic planning, and organizational transformation through the enhancement of the human experience. Uh, Hedier speaks about sparking and expanding people's thinking and the need to break down silos and to collaborate with key partners to reimagine and redesign our healthcare system. You're going to love this one, folks. So sit back, relax. This is Hedier Vadat. Hey, Hedia, welcome to the Intelligent Rebellion podcast. Thanks for coming. Hello, thanks for having me. So excited. How are you doing? I'm really good. I'm very good, actually. This has been the exciting, great part of my day. Well, it's taken a long time to get you here. So thank you for doing that. And we were speaking earlier. You came significantly unprepared. But why is that? It's very much against my grain to be unprepared (laughs) because preparedness is who I am so the reason why I've come completely unprepared is that the first time you and I met (laughs) it was by chance meeting at a at a birthday party even though we share a best friend somehow we had never met each other before (laughs) so even though we look like unlikely couple we spent eight hours together speaking and so I just love that conversation so my kind of spirit for today was to come as kind of our vision for those eight hours that we spent together I love it I love it and I still remember those eight hours very very fondly indeed so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself how would you define who you are you always start off with your job um, and, and rather than who you are. But I thought I might be slightly different thinking about this. So who am I? So I was born in Iran and migrated to Australia when I was nine years old. Despite my parents sending me to uh, English school and all sorts of things, I um, decided I didn't need it. So came here not speaking a word of English mm-hmm. and ultimately kind of uh, fell in love with Australia and progressively from there, you know, uni, study otherwise, and all different influences throughout my life into who I am today, people and circumstances. Um, but I started out um, my career as a scientist, I did biomedical science and then did research. From there, I decided that's not really for me. And I went into clinical pharmacy and worked in pharmaceutical companies and then worked my way into clinical hospital clinical work, which I absolutely fell in love with. And from there, I've moved into hospital and and service management up to state level. And I now have my own consultancy company and the reason why I guess I'm on this side of the fence is because 
I don't like boundaries and boxes. And so I always, I thought if I'm on this side of the fence and don't have a job title that puts me in a box, I can play in all different samples because my thinking is very whole of system, looking, not having a siloed vision of the system. And so to me being in this side of the fence and not having this box that I belong to allows me to play across the system in, in being able to transform in our healthcare system. And you mentioned earlier that we're an unlikely couple, but in everything that you've just said there, I'm sure our listeners are saying, wait a second, that's kind of and the intelligent (laughs) (laughs) It it is. All we had to say was hello and we were like, we're almost twins. So you're a um, science geek. I'm a science geek. I like I don't like rules and boundaries or I try to stretch the rules and the boundaries. I don't like to fit in a box because boxes are boring to me. And I'm very creative in the way that I do. And, And that's what really attracts me to you as we both come from healthcare which very traditionally is a set of rules and boxes and policies and guidelines yes. and then you said to me oh my work now involves actually helping with policy and strategic planning yes where you, you're like you're sitting in the room with people who who can think outside of the box and that yes. was like oh my gosh that is the coolest thing Ever. like that is change like I've met the change maker like yeah. <laughs> I found and you can, <laughs> you're, and look and can I say that I, I had never thought of it that way and ever since our discussion I have grown a new kind of respect and I don't know if that is the right term but really looking at it differently and I've actually brought that into our organization to say the opportunities that we have are very rare which is something I think we didn't completely or even myself completely grasp Mm -hmm. until you and I spoke we are sitting in in the room with the the phenomenal people who sit across our system Mm -hmm. and have the opportunity and shape that future I was very very pleased when you and I had that it was kind of as Oprah would say an aha moment (laughs) (laughs) yes I I forgot to bring the light bulb but next time exactly Um, I'm gonna take a step back because something that I really picked up on um, with your introduction was you spoke about multiple influences and people and circumstances that led you to where you are now yes is there a moment or a story that you always go back to when you are telling your story of your life? Like, was there a pivotal time or place or person? So when I, when I reflect back, there are so many moments. But if I was to kind of distill that, mm-hmm. I would have to say primarily my parents and the upbringing that we had and the, the focus on education but Mm -hmm. also the focus on self-success was really prominent in our household and Mm -hmm. being able to you know as my parents put it stand up on your own two feet yeah so both my sister and I have have really grown up with that principle so the second thing for me has been and a key learning is that there are moments in my life or career journey which are perceived to be your worst moments, your lowest moments. Mm -hmm. Things have not gone your way. And at that time, you feel that they are the worst. So in 2013, I got diagnosed with MS. And I'm sure that in itself would, you know, at the time was the worst thing that's happened to me. Mm -hmm. But I have found that those are the moments that have 
propelled me into a direction that I would have never otherwise Mm -hmm. considered or thought about because it's reshaped my vision of life itself, Mm -hmm. purpose, even as a clinician being on the other side of the bed with Mm -hmm. MS very much shaped how I looked at the health system. I've said after my experience, I so value what we do in the healthcare system, but actually we provide sick care. Healthcare is a whole of the person which comprises of all different compartments and factors that are beyond the clinical services that we provide. My aim in life is to collect phenomenal people. And (laughs) each of those phenomenal people that I collect in my life are individuals who have in some shape or form shaped my path, but also have inspired me to look at things differently. To be the person you are today, it it cannot be done on a path on your own. And I have to say that my husband, Michael, has been a, a great supporter in allowing me to kind of change and be who I am Mm -hmm. at the moment in time that I feel like it's having that support to kind of you know you can move forward with something that might perceive to be scary or risky but you have that support but also that freedom to kind of explore and be who you are. I often talk about the safety net Yes, which is exactly what you're talking about is yes. understanding that when you are going to go out and do something different or try something new, which is innately human to yes. want to change your mind and turn left instead of right. When you have a place to fall and it's nice and safe and you can bounce yes, and you do go out and do those things. You do, you do. And I think sometimes that they don't exist, obviously in all circumstances, yeah. not everyone is lucky enough to have them, but I think in my personal life, I have that. Mm -hmm. And I think a pivotal career moment in which I was granted the privilege of having that, I was in a role, an executive director role, reporting to a a chief executive. Her name is Carrie Marsh. She's an absolutely phenomenal woman. And it was the moment where I was thinking, do I stay and continue on my path or do I go in this new journey of exploring, of setting up my own, no sandpit, no box. She actually completely grasped that idea. And at that time she said to me, look, you can take leave. We will hold your job, go and explore and come back. And no one has ever given me such a big gift in my career because come exactly what you just said, Mm -hmm. that safety net allowed me to completely immerse myself in what I wanted to do with without all the different fears yes there was a fear of unknown and mm-hmm. but it was having that safety net that really allowed me to to explore fully I'm going to return to this opportunity that you have I've always said to people tell stories Talk to anybody who's willing to listen because at some time, at some stage, you might talk to somebody or your message might get to somebody can truly have an impact. It might reach the person in the room. Yes. I was so excited to meet you because I found the person in the room. It's like I'd been looking for you and all the things that I've been truly believing in literally came like into my world. <laughs> so Help us to understand what it's like to be in a room of people who can make decisions and how do you help these people or organisations plan and prepare for the future? It's it's a journey. People ask, can you, can you come and write a, our strategic plan? Can you write our 
new model of care or service models and clinical service planning, which looks, you know, 10 odd years into the horizon of how we're going to deliver care. Mm-hmm. I always say the document is an output. That is a communication tool. Mm-hmm. To me, transformation and people in the room need to go through a journey could be just I've recently worked with a board of a local health district thinking about their strategic direction all the way to our wonderful service providers at a single service Mm -hmm. and it is the same approach people need to go through that journey of thinking people do find it hard to think (laughs) <laughs> that far far ahead I think this is where you and I and I thought we could collaborate together bringing that future forward of examples and stories of what is possible and what's mm-hmm. on the horizon but also when I'm in that room for me it's about sparking that thinking by bringing that type of information in but it's also listening and being able to bring out out of these key individuals, those nuggets of gold, we call it, and then being able to work through with them to expand that. You have to think of it in a implementation methodology, a change management approach where you need to engage the people. Mm -hmm. And your question is, well, how does it come to life? You can't just write a plan and you email it to everyone and and they (laughs) cut the ribbon and somehow this thing magically comes to life. (laughs) You have to think of the humans along this journey all the way from our boards to our service providers. They need to be engaged in this Mm -hmm. and you need to look at the timing when you do this work. Uh, For example, how much change is occurring in an organization or impacting the individuals you're talking to? Because humans get change fatigue and mm. decision fatigue. And you need to understand the context of the organization and the group of people you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. So, for example, post COVID, as we <laughs> yeah. would say, so she, is, um, well, yeah. she is quotationing that PS. I mean, she, <laughs> we're obviously on an audio only platform. But sorry, sorry. The quotation <laughs> go up. Post COVID, we had every single individual globally. It was such significant change on your personal life, that your working life, mm-hmm. that that is not the exact time that you might want to start talking about everything changing. And let's yeah. think about how, because everyone is so change fatigued. And yes, it, it's also providing you with platform for change or the mm-hmm. catalyst for change, but you need to be strategic on how you bring the people along. My approach is always that strategy transformation needs to be first assessed on an organization or a system basis and where they are now you have to design a specific approach for them even though you have the same principal foundations or methodologies yeah change management implementation redesign methodologies but you have to understand what's impacting the humans yeah in that organization and where are they up to so so very like very simplistically in my mind yes. I was like you just got to read the room right you got to read the room you got to read the organization and, read the and organization you, and, plan and you and prepare you for do. that and yeah. plan and prepare and 
you cannot think of strategic planning or transformation in a singular interaction. Mm-hmm. You're not going to walk into a room, have a even a one day workshop, and then the organization is off. That that gives that's one interaction that should be part of a whole process. Your strategic plan is the communication tool of the journey you have come across, and now you've all agreed. You've got an output and an outcome. The plan itself is an output. Yeah. The physical or, well, it's no longer physical, but you know what I mean. That is the output. Yeah. The outcome is the humans have come along this journey and they've had their input. Their thinking has expanded. They are prepared. They're engaged. They're the right foundations are put into place from your sponsorship cascade, which is humans and how they interact Mm -hmm. with one another to your governance, which is, you know, who's going to tick off what and who's allowed to do what. All of these things are all established by the time the plan is published. Yeah. I say you should be ready for implementation and that in itself then has a whole process. You don't change organisations, you don't change systems by producing documents. I call them dust collectors. You know why? We develop them. Someone or a group of people have sat and and Mm -hmm. written those documents and and worked very hard. There may have been even good level of engagement and consultation, Mm -hmm. but then it's published and everyone disappears and that becomes what I call a dust collector because you pull that out to show a board or refer to, but there's no real engagement, Mm -hmm. excitement, the right implementation foundation during that process. So you have to look at your documents as an output, but what is your outcome? Outcome. The outcome is reliant on the humans who come up with this strategy and then have to ultimately implement Implement it. it. And because you've done all the groundwork when it comes to the outcome rather than the output, there's a buy-in when it comes to the implementation? Exactly. Exactly. You've got buy-in, engagement, your change management and implementation starts on day zero, not once you've developed the plan and then you move into it. It has to then become a living document. It's a living and It's like an instruction manual, right? This is what I say. That is your community. It's a communication tool. That's all it is. It's not going to come to life purely because you press publish and put it on your intranet. And what are the challenges then that you've been having in this process? Because everyone's so used to just sitting around and writing plans. You are so right. So the challenge that I have, yes, 100%, everyone and consultancy loves copy and paste, whereas at linear linear projects, everyone knows. Even if it smells like something that has been seen before, Mm -hmm. it gets chucked in the bin. When people come to work at linear, they sometimes think I'm nuts because the key thing I say and repeat to, to people constantly is, you need to think. So when you first start working with me, you're like, what is she talking about? You need to think. Thinking for me is putting that critical thinking 
get an understanding the humans, the depth, the organization, understanding all that mm-hmm. and designing a process. And then the document needs to reflect that. If you think of it that way, no one document can ever, the communication tool cannot ever feel the or same. say the same thing. And the challenge is getting the client to understand the value of the outcome of the human engagement and and Ria since with you and I did our work we've we've kind of moved our vision to enhancing the human experience and outcome Mm -hmm. and the reason why we've gone with that now is that our work is about improving human experience and particularly in our health service advisory arm ultimately working at improving health outcome of the community, but also for our clients, we want to improve the, the experience and outcome of the people we're working with. Challenges trying to, and, and maybe that's my shortcoming, trying to communicate this outcome versus output yeah, and it's the what you need to put in. Yes. Yeah, I think it's almost as, as explicitly as the output is the document, the outcome is the human experience. Yes. I'm going to use that. Because yes. <laughs> we write reports, like as a rehab consultant, I write reports all day long. Yes. And yes, we're guilty of copy and paste, pasting, but yes, to your point and what you've just said is if you look at the human experience and the outcome, then the report there's no report that should be the same. Look, and it's not to say that there won't be key themes, or but we don't, I, I, as I said, in our organisation, if I read something, mm-hmm. if I can't, find the essence of the humans and what they have said on that journey in yeah. there, it will never leave my, so my desk. You're working with your clients and this very human experience in the actual process itself. Yes. What are the, some of the really, really cool ideas that have come out of running and facilitating strategic planning in this way? Oh, there are, there are so, so many of them. We've got such phenomenal people in our system I did service model development or what we call strategic service frameworks for Mm -hmm. the children's hospital network. But one of their key services was their surgical services. And there was this one surgeon who just thought at such a system level and what he said, and you and I would love this, he wanted to be a surgeon without borders. And what he meant by that is that where his patients were, in, in New South Wales or across the system, he wanted to be able to go and perform surgery within those hospitals. As you're more than aware, mm-hmm. our systems in New South Wales are set in local health districts, so in public health. They have yeah. certain boundaries, so you're hired either to, particularly to a hospital as a mm-hmm. clinician, and sometimes you can go at work at other hospitals within the what we call attachment or within your network. Yeah. He wanted to be able to go rural regional yeah. without having the HR boundaries of being employed and being over there. And so many of these, I mean, there's so many cool things that have come out through our interaction. You know, working with with an ICU service, they want they were looking at having international models of, of being able to see, you know, ICU patients of work in genetics and genomics and and uh-huh. what how they think on, on a global scale and mm-hmm. for me what triggers or what I think it's cool and triggers my interest is really the transformative thinking mm-hmm. of not being contained by what we do today but being able to reimagine 
a whole new system on how that could work. Sometimes I don't use the word transformation along some of this work <laughs> because that already starts to scare people like it seems so big. Yeah, I think there's also a difference, and this is where the work that I'm doing when you and I started to really think about stuff was that what we're asking people to do is just to imagine and we'll kind of work the details out later. Yes. Right? Like, obviously, it's a hospital network. Obviously, there's a lot of things that need to happen. Yes. Obviously, lots of things need to change. But we've got to come up with the idea first. In my day-to-day work, allied health professionals telling me, oh, I've got an idea, but I'm not going to propose it because it's probably not going to get approved. And I was like, no, 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 no. Stop with the, I've got an yes. idea. Start yes. with that and then work the details out later. Yes. And so- and what you've just spoken about, you spoke about two very amazing examples. And one was almost simplistic. Simplistic is not the right word, but it was a, such a simple idea that is going to create massive change. And then the other exactly. one was like this whole entire like scientific yes. genome thing. Yes. And, and I think the point is that any idea starts off as just that. And that yes. is what is going to expand into the transformation that you speak. It is. Of. And, and, without and someone look, thinking that and saying it out loud and without having the space to think that and say it loud, we're never going to get genome projects off the ground. We're never going to get rocket ships into the air. We're never going to get that one surgeon who just wants to cross boundaries. And that's why I use those two examples to really highlight that a simple idea is transformational. That idea in itself will completely transform millions of lives. And one thing I'd like to highlight, we were talking about transformation. When you talk about transformation, the very first word people use at every single level, they always say innovation. We want it to be innovative. That innovation means very different things to different people. Okay. So one of the first things I do is actually bring them together and get them to define what innovation means to them. Then you also understand where their risk profile is and Mm -hmm. where their boundaries are. And and once you understand that, you know to what level you can push them. So one organisation might be so far ahead or even one service in a district so far ahead Mm -hmm. that that you can really push them to start thinking completely out of these boundaries. And there are other ones that they even have difficulty describing their current service. One of the key metrics that I report back on to my executives is where their services sit in terms of their capability or current capacity for innovation and transformation because you've got humans, you've got groups of humans, they're all at different levels. In my mind, before I met you, I was like, oh yeah, strategic plans, they just get put together. That's cool. Yes. (laughs) like well they can they certainly can yeah and then I met you and I was like oh holy crap they're legit that's your catalyst for change that is your catalyst level but not everybody does it like you and that's what I've come to very much learn is that you are very unique in this space in the way you do seriously take the human experience the forefront and so I have a question yes and you didn't prepare, so it doesn't matter. I can just ask you this off the cuff. Yeah. If you were to yes. make one change to the health system of New South Wales or Australia, yeah, where would you throw the resources? What would you throw the resources at? That is such a hard question. And you're so knowledgeable in this. I, I, I can only imagine all the different things that are going through your mind right now. Where would I throw resources? There's so much. Can I first outline? 
there are a lot of resources mm-hmm. that are out there. And I'll tell you why this is so hard for me to, to <laughs> answer, so hard for me, because my head goes all the way down to the clinician on the ward because that's there. where I've been. Mm-hmm. My head goes to the director of a department, to the executive at a hospital, district, state. There is no one silver bullet. I have to outline this. There's not Mm -hmm. one silver bullet that you would go, if we threw all the money in the system at this, Mm -hmm. it would transform. Of course. To me, would be looking at, firstly, not looking at the system as a siloed outpatient, inpatient, uh, community care. Again, coming back to the human, looking Mm -hmm. at how we move through that system. More recently, there's been a lot of, thinking a silver bullet is a, a technology. And I think technology definitely transforms service operations, efficiency and experience. Um, I know I'm going around in circles and I almost feel like I'm avoiding the question because I can't think of like one place that I would do this. It sounds like to me what you're saying is where I would throw my resources is trying to break down silos. 100%. If I had to, how you would do that, I don't, as yeah. you said, let's come up with the idea <laughs> so the and work it out later. <laughs> Even if we take the system higher outside of state public health, mm-hmm. breaking the silo between primary health care, public, private, and and then you got your, your funding model, which you've got federal, state, and all different funding models. Yeah. When you think of it that way, it it's so complex that you very quickly. Can you remember when I told you when you push fire, people start to retreat. Start to almost, yeah. almost you and I, our thinking could be re- re- retracting because it starts to look so big. Mm-hmm. But I would a hundred percent have to say that breaking down the silos is where how I don't know, but breaking mm-hmm. down the silos is where I will put resources, time, and and money into. With the opportunities that you are having in working with and, and being in the room, yes. that, that obviously is an opportunity for you to really grasp that. Well, look and what to I really do bring that forward. When I do service transformation, strategic planning, all those types of work, I also say the organization cannot do that in silo. It's very important to understand who are your key partners. Mm-hmm. that come together to either look after your consumers, your clients, how they impact your service. What is their 10-year strategy? How are they going to change? Because that will impact how you plan and strategize moving forward. You cannot do service design, strategic planning, any of that in even a single organizational silo because mm-hmm. you are wrongly assuming everyone else stays constant while you're the only one who's planning to change. Well, they are not. They're also strategic planning. I incorporate that and bring that in to inform the thinking of the organization I'm working with. Again, it just comes back to the humans and understanding the context of Mm -hmm. one of the other key challenges is time. Because what generally happens, people look at it as an output how long does it take? You know, we're, we're just writing a strategic plan. We pull mm-hmm. a group of people, you know, five times in a room. We'll do a bit of a survey. That shouldn't take any more than a couple of months, three months, four months. But if you actually then start to look at it from a human perspective mm-hmm. and an outcome, 
and you understand that actually you are starting your implementation from day zero, then you should allow it more time. time. And you're actually further ahead because your implementation has already started. It's such a theme that I've been running into a lot recently in the front end work. I was speaking to some people about providing healthcare services and they want more time in the front end, more yes. time in the initial assessment phase, more time in the patient empowerment phase, so that when the time comes to having to implement the program that they've set, the buy-in is there. It's such a universal concept. Um, it is. It's that, that, not. I'm, I'm not saying anything new. These are yeah. change management and implementation science. Mm. You know that that's been around for many, many years. Sort of starting to wrap up a little bit. Plug your business. Plug you. Plug the work that you're doing. Like who can reach out to you? Because I was actually thinking. Even as a small business myself, I'd love yes. to have you on board and just do like my very, very simple strategic planning <laughs> for the next two or three years. I know you work with very large government organizations and big hospitals and things like that. But, but I also work with small NGOs. Or even someone who has a small allied health business. Yes, what certainly. Is some, plug yourself. What are the types of things that you can help people with? Oh, that's so lovely. Look, before I go into that, I just want to outline one thing. My Going back to the original point of who were my influencers. So mm -hmm. in particular, my mum, she always said to me, a tree that bears a lot of fruit always has its branches very close to the ground. And, and it's a Persian saying, which I've translated into English, but it's about kind of being humble and and. I have to move past the fact that advertising, doing things that are promoting myself doesn't mean I'm not humble. So that's why this is kind of the uncomfortable part for me all the time. But look, Linear Projects, I'm the co-founder with Michael Kaluza, who is the other co-founder. We have two arms to the company. We have an advisory arm and it is in this advisory arm that we do all of this work. And I have such a phenomenal team of at humans who I have the absolute privilege of uh, being my colleagues. And we've also have a project management arm. And in that arm is where we, it's the build, you know, the buildings. Mm -hmm. And it started with building of hospitals for me, because mm -hmm. obviously that's what I was involved in. If you think at a system level, those types of investments are the largest investment in any system you could get. A hospital got one point something billion. At what mm -hmm. point does any district get for any other reason billions of dollars? Like literally building the building. Literally, literally building, building the hospital. The just, to be, just to be clear, literally, just literally building, building the yes. hospital. Bricks, bricks and concrete, mortar and all those all things. Mm -hmm. That I see as the catalyst system change and that's where my passion started why I say it's a catalyst is that people are expecting change they know once we move there something is changing even mm -hmm. if it's a new building this is where the advisory arm mm -hmm. works with that arm to get the people thinking about the future while the project management arm is in the designing of the building. So the enabler, and it's only one of the enablers, but the enabler in delivering your future service model. Oh, this is such a silly example. We like silly. It was a friend actually. And she's like, I want to redo my office. And I go there and she's like, let me take you for a walk. I said, no, I don't want to walk at all. 
tell me about your strategic direction and what's your service going to look like in, in 10 years. She thought I was absolutely mad. You've come here to just look at the, the, the office. Why am I telling you this? So by the time I sat her down, mm-hmm. so she says to me, you know, we would like to go sustainable and go paperless. All right. She tells me a few things as we're walking around. She's like, we need more cupboards and we need more storage. Yeah. And I said, wait a minute, you just told me you want to go more sustainable. And so paperless. So what are you building these cupboards for? <laughs> and that's where she kind of had this moment. And I said, okay, can you see why I'm telling you go and design your service first and how you're going to run your business before you go ahead and design one of the main enablers to bring your service and support your service delivery. That, what? I mean, like Again, that makes so much sense. So for me, this is why I'm so passionate being able to work on these projects in the planning end and doing service modeling is because I want them to think the future service model so that by the time the building is built, that building is designed to support your new model of care. Say, for example, you want to go, you're outpatient, completely making this up, completely digital, right? Yeah. That's what you decide in your service modeling. Why do we need clinic rooms then? You don't build clinic rooms. You you build, you build a media, full virtual center. You mean media centers, right? So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it sounds, it, I love because it sounds so like normal simple. and simple. Coming back to that point and what we do in the advisory arm, we do strategic planning, policy writing, service design planning mm-hmm. and modeling to service design, model of care development, all the way to change management and implementation. You just touched on, so we do strategic precinct planning mm-hmm. with the lens of health or wellness. So how do you, what needs to be here to keep the people healthy Healthy. and wealth all the way from health services to social services to the healthy built environment and in our project management arm it's all the way from taking a infrastructure project from the planning yeah to delivery so to handing you the key and the doors opening you're breaking down the silos of like who would have thought that your business construction project management arm would fit really nicely into like policy development yeah yeah this is where your brain and people's creative brains and just again outside of the box going actually that that does work for this very specific reason which you've laid out which is you can't do one without the other other yes you shouldn't do one without yeah one informs the other yes that was a really good way of not plugging your business so well done to you um (laughs) Thank you. So how do we find you though? I'm personally on LinkedIn. Our entire team's on LinkedIn. Linear Projects, I'll spell that, L-I-N-E-A-I-R-E, Projects with an S. We'll shove it in the show notes, don't worry. So we've got got, um, our website. And our phone numbers there, which generally comes directly to me. So if you, um, yeah, use the use the phone. I just I, I like to ensure the direct access to myself. Yes, we'll call it the Heady Air Hotline. Heady Air Hotline, exactly. <laughs> so um, the skills that we use in health, we're now translating to education. So working with schools, mm-hmm. working with different types of clients. So I would really recommend you're thinking about anything that you think we might be suitable for, Mm -hmm. I would definitely encourage you to give us a call and we can go from there. Because there are no boxes and no boundaries. Yeah, look, and and for me, 
if someone came to me for something specific that fell into your box, mm-hmm. I would definitely be putting them in touch with you. I think it's just having this wide network yeah. of people. If we're not the suitable you know, pick mm-hmm. person for you or company for you, we definitely would be able to kind yeah. of guide you on where to go. Are there any final words for the world, Hedia, while you've got this platform? Final words um, for the world, don't be constrained by current boundaries in any aspect of your life. And with that, I'm going to say thank you so much for coming on to the Intelligent Rebellion podcast and I will catch up with you, I'm sure, for another seven-hour conversation. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a wonderful time. The Intelligent Rebellion podcast is a three-sticks production. It is produced, written, and hosted by me, Ria Mikado. Will is the emperor of sound, mixing, and editing, and is a talent behind all our original music.